podcast number 20. Milestone. Uh, we're here with uh, myself, Alejandra Carroll. I'm a real estate agent. Parker Bennett. I got cut from intros. <laughs> because you forgot last time. <laughs> last episode we forgot. And Philippa Thiessen. Hello. Uh, Parker, do you want to start telling us what our topics are going to be for today? Well, we're going to be just like, we're not going to have a theme today. We're just going to talk about a couple of different items that I wanted to put together into a single podcast. They don't really make a whole podcast. They're very good real estate related topics. Uh, one may be considered a rant, but I'm pretty excited about it because we're starting to get like some interaction from our podcast. And so I want to share what happened to me last night on, uh, on a phone call regarding the podcast, which was interesting. Um, and I got, there's a couple of items that keep coming up on contracts and stuff. And I thought we should talk about them. If people are uh, considering buying a house in the next little bit, they're definitely something that's going to come up when you sign the contract. And so I thought, let's talk about it. Let's chat about it. Okay. Let's do it. Um, okay. So let me get to the rant. Really good one. So I get a call from a guy from, uh, Vancouver last night and I won't mention any names, but like, I'm glad he called cause it's just a good interaction. And he indicated he listened to the podcast and he enjoyed the podcast, but he couldn't stand the fact that I had said that buying houses was the safest investment. And so I asked him to, to justify that statement and tell me his story because I knew he had one. And he indicated that uh, he'd lost money on his only two real estate transactions he's ever had. And ironically, both in Vancouver, in a market that's rising. Yeah. I didn't get a ton of details on him. I didn't want to poke and prod. He was pretty interested to tell me his story about um, losing money on a rental property. And all his friends had indicated that buying rental properties was the, the, the way to go. I still believe that. It's a very great option. But um, that's a podcast in itself that we need to discuss. <clears throat> um, and on his, his, his own property, which was also a condo um, that he'd pre-purchased that didn't pan out the way um, the media hype had indicated that a pre-purchase was going to go down. Oh. Okay. Yep. The, these were both before um, a lot of the rule changes that had incurred, you know, a few years back when Christy Clark was making her run at realtors. Mm. <laughs> I'll say that in a safe way. Right after teachers. Yeah, right after teachers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the gist of the story was this. So I'd indicated, and I don't remember the exact words, but it, something along the lines of real estate is the safest money, safest place to park your money in the long game and in a macro sense. I still believe it. And I couldn't convince this guy otherwise. But if you go back to pick a year, tell me a year when, when housing has not gone up. If you give me a span of 10 years, I don't think there is, I don't think you'll find one. If you, if given a span of 10 years. Yeah. Well, it's a long game. So then you, yeah. It's not safe to go throw money at a house today and expect to sell it tomorrow, although that's kind of gambling. You're just speculating. Right. Um, But I recently was involved in a transaction, very recently, where a guy had purchased a a home. It was in a strata complex. He had owned it for three years. Shortly after he'd purchased it, he got a new job out of province. He rented it out. The renters completely thrashed his property beyond conceivable, um, like your worst nightmare. And he just listed it, just got it out and he's making money. In his three years. And I feel like he shouldn't, but 
the timing worked out, worked out really well for them. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the buyers that will come in will make some money as well because they'll be able to like, you know, rectify the problem that's there. But where else can you go out and buy a piece of property or spend some money in an investment, be completely illiterate in it, let it go the worst way possible, and over time period, you're still making money? Yeah. I, I mean, it truly is the safest investment long term. So I will add that word from here on forward, long term. I don't have a I don't have a definition of long term, but I'm going to say, ten years for sure. Four or five years, in most cases. Okay. All right. I think it's great that someone called you and said that. I oh, I was awesome. so excited. Yeah. I was like, there's people that listen to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was the only one. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was was good. Anyways, he he did it in the nicest way possible, but the feedback was well appreciated. Yeah, that's great. Okay, and that's as ranty as I'm going to get. Oh, okay. All right, so from here on, it just gets fun. What's the next one? It gets fun. Uh, Assignments. Mm. So in the last few years, at the very bottom of a standard contract for real estate transaction... There's a couple statements that are made that, you know, in the short form indicate you are not allowed to assign the contract without everybody's permission, meaning buyer and seller, all buyers, all sellers. And there's a second part to that. If everybody does agree to the assignment, that if there's any profit to be made, goes to the seller. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example because I I was... I was, um, I purchased a home through an assignment once. It was, it was a, a strata condo and it was purchased by a person. It had a tenant inside and they had indicated that they wanted to move in. They did not know the residential tenancy act as well as the tenant did. And so through a quick purchase, um, the, the tenant had a, a lease in place and refused to move out, which he had every right to do. And he was a good tenant. Mm -hmm. Um, so the buyers were kind of like in awe that they needed to move into a place and they couldn't just kick a tenant out now that they owned it. And so what they thought they would do to be safe is to change the contract and extend it the, the period of the lease, which was six months. So instead of, um, moving into their property, they were going to go rent for six months. And then in six months, they were going to get their property that they were, you know, Mm. that they originally bought to, to move into. Through that six-month period, housing prices started to run away. They were going up and up and up and up and up. And this complex had appreciated by about 40000 bucks. Mm-hmm. So somebody educated them and said, you could probably make some money from this if you assign it to somebody. So this was pre-social media days. Mm-hmm. They put an ad in the newspaper and said that th- this property was for sale for this amount of money which I was in hunting for um, a rental property at the time. I looked at it and I thought, oh, that's undervalued for sure. So they had left money on the table for the buyer, but they were going to get a quick 20,000 bucks. Um, And so I went and met with them. Didn't know what an assignment was at that time. Couldn't figure out why I couldn't add in a home inspection because technically I didn't even have the rights to go to the property. But I did. I knocked Mm -hmm. on the door. I met with the tenant and um, I, I, I totally dug the property. It was just what I was looking for. And I actually was stoked about the tenant as well. And so what had happened was we assigned that contract to me, which means they made 20,000 bucks quickly. They didn't have to pay property transfer tax. They didn't have to pay any legal fees. Um, 
And then I went to the original seller who was a little choked that they'd kind of left some money on the table, but at the end of the day, they'd moved on. Yeah. And we bumped up the dates and we took possession right away. Hmm. So that is an assignment. And that was like a win, win, win for everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So who, so who kept those 20 grand? The, the people who had the, who had the rights to the property who had originally made the purchase offer. Okay. They kept the 20 and I feel like I appreciated 20 from the day I walked into Mm -hmm. it. Right. So I took over a property that was like a sale. It was a $20,000 sale. Mm -hmm. Okay. The original owners at that time nowadays could have refused that. Yeah. And if they didn't refuse it, they could have taken the profit. Okay. But in those days they didn't have any say. Yeah. So I, it was assigned to me without the seller's permission. Later, I did get the permission because I, need, I wanted possession sooner. And they wanted out anyways. They mm-hmm. wanted to move on to this property. They didn't want to get stuck with it for six months. So I think that's a, that's a good case scenario assignment. But there was lots of bad ones in the last few years in some of the bigger municipalities that taunted the idea, which is now why you cannot assign without everybody's permission. And if there's profit to be made... It needs to go to the seller. Right. Philippa, you yeah. have a story to tell us. I do have a story, yeah. Okay, let's tell let's, let's it. It happened to me. Um, it, it was my property um, down in Vancouver. And um, keep in mind, it was a bit of an emotional time for me. And so I was selling this property and uh, maybe not in the right frame of mind. But anyway, so sold the property. Um, and during the process was told that by my realtor... My, the listing agent, that um, basically we're adding a name to the contract and it is the buyer's father. Needs to be on it because they're from a different country and blah, blah. Like just, you know, the regular yep. stuff that you hear. And, and she absolutely convinced me that it was all good. Nothing was, it, was, it wasn't an assignment and so on and so on. So a uh, deal went through. And I mean, obviously I was happy with the, the outcome. And then um, left it. Six months later, I'm on MLS and I, and I see my property and uh, uh, as sold, and it's sold for $140,000 more. Right. So needless to say. <laughs> How long ago was this? This was um, two years. Okay. Uh, was it two years? Yeah, two years ago. So w- was it assigned or was it just resold? So this is where I'm a bit confused. It was the same, the, the buyer's agent yeah. was the listing agent. Right. So to me, definitely something shady. Or did they just try and, did they just see that the market was going up and flipped and the flipped property? And flipped it. Yeah. Yeah, very possible. Well, I mean, let's say they, let's say they made 140 grand on it. I guarantee you there was property transfer tax and their legal fees and they were just gambling with the market. I mean, you could technically buy a property. Mm-hmm. Take possession of it and sell it the next day. Yeah. Yes. Going in the right direction. Yeah. Right? yeah, for sure. For sure. But, you know, and I think that this sellers, that there's a lot of sellers out there that wouldn't know that. Right. Right? I have access to MLS, see, MLS seeing the sold and something. If, yeah. if, if sellers out there don't have that information, they may not know. And right. I think this was, a, this was a big part of the issue. Yeah. Right. Right. Not yeah, actually yeah. finding yeah. out, and then oh well, I could have had access to that, or I could have um, got some money back, or shared the profit, or whatever it is. Yeah. But they don't know. They don't have access to that. Yeah. Okay. So the the story that the image that the government wants you to see 
is a little old lady who lives downtown Vancouver in a heritage house mm -hmm. that's all beat up and thrashed, but the land's worth $2 million. Yeah. And in a rising market where the economy's taken off, which it was a couple of years ago, Vancouver was going nuts. You had a buyer who bought the property for market value mm -hmm. and said, you can live there free for one year and we'll complete in a year. And that sounds good to everybody, right? And then what happens is in four months, the perceived value of that that property has now risen $200,000. And so they flip the property, they assign it to somebody else um, who now is has the rights to purchase that property in 10 months time and has already appreciated by 200 grand, mm -hmm. okay? And then this happened like three or four times. This was like the one story that was like mm -hmm. the government loved, right? Mm -hmm. And it, so this property had flipped like four times and it sold for like an extra million bucks than it originally had sold for. And the little old lady who's leaving the house a year later feels that she lost a million bucks. Right. And in, in some aspect, I feel that she didn't. Because she technically sold her property for market value when she sold it. Mm -hmm. She got to live there for free. That's just like a, a glitch in the system because someone doesn't have to pay property transfer tax and can kind of let the market take off. That's a, that's, that's gambling to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there will be an equivalent amount of people who failed in those scenarios then win. Like the guy who phoned me and said that he'd pre-purchased a, a condo, an apartment, and it was suspected that it would be assigned four or five times before it ever got built. It got built. Nobody nobody was making any money from the pre-purchase sale. And he had never intended on living in there. He'd totally done it out of speculation. And then when he went to sell the property, there was a, a very special contractor. Developers typically do their own contracts on pre-purchase yeah. sales. Right. And in there, it had indicated clearly that you was, there was not to be a MLS listing of a pre-purchase sale before all the original sales had, had taken place. Mm -hmm. So every unit needed to sell one time before. from the developer before you could list on MLS another property in a pre-purchase situation. Right. So he was stuck and nobody wanted that. And no one was, you know, maybe he wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, well versed in what that was, you know, that term. Right. And in this case, there was no realtor present in that transaction because he bought it directly from a sales associate from the development company. I'm sure they left that, mo that, that out. That. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, let's flip the, let's flip the assignment thing right around to where it hurts people. It hurts everybody in a deal where you may be approved for a mortgage you're a first-time home buyer, and 15 days before you complete, your bank phones you and says, hey, by the way, you're not really fully qualified. You're going to need to add someone else's name on title, or you, you know, you, because you made this purchase, you're going to need a co-signer on this mortgage, and you got to add somebody's name to title. That's technically an assignment. Yeah. 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 And it's for everyone's benefit that it does get assigned in that nature. Mm -hmm. But if the seller wanted out of the transaction at that time, if the market was going up in value, mm -hmm. you're out. Yeah. And I've done a couple of contracts where the buyer knows that they might need to assign it. Right. And one of the things that I know is that the notice of assignment needs to go <clears throat> together 
with the original offer. So if down the road, before removing your subject to financing, you need someone to to co-sign, yep. could you technically add them at that point, even if everybody would agree to it? Well, technically, it's uh, you're renegotiating the contract. Yeah, and you'll have to do a notice and change all the terms. But only if everyone agrees. Right. Yeah. So if we're in a market where the conditions are going up, and as a seller, your neighbor comes by and says, "Man, it's too bad you sold that thing for three hundred eighty-five because I'm listing mine for four fifteen. We've got the same house. Mm-hmm. You left some money on the table." And he starts thinking, "What?" Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, come back to him and say, "Hey, by the way, we need to assign this." and add a parent on title or a significant other, it gives the seller the open door to get out of that deal if they yeah. want to, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's the problem. I've never had it where it's been seeded to me early enough where I could make the provisions in the contract. It's always been thrown at me at the last second. Mm-hmm. It's always been, hey, by the way, we need to add this person on title. It's usually a, a banker or a mortgage broker's idea that they do it that way, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's a, the approval yeah. process issue. And maybe they don't understand the significance of doing that to the contract at that time. Yeah. Right. That was what happened to me, right? Right. Right at the end, yeah. Anyways, assignments. Good one. Um, <laughs> I really want to talk about multiple offers, but I feel like that's an entire podcast. I think so. Yeah. Because there's a lot of different ways to handle multiple offers. I know there's a way I like to do it. I know there's a way I'd like to do it. <laughs> that I can't do it. Um, and I know there's ways that other uh, multiple offers is a, is a topic in itself. Yeah. Let's make multiple offers our next podcast. Yes. Yeah. It'd be a good one. Okay. It'd be a really good one. Um, let's talk about, let's medium house price by subdivision. Okay. This is a good one. Um, granted, we've only got um, limited number of sales per each subdivision right now because we're still kind of early in the year, but. Like some of those only have two house sales. Yeah. So, right. So that changes it. Sure. But it sounds sexy. (laughs) Okay, the most affordable place to live in Kamloops right now, uh, as per subdivision, any guesses? North Kamloops. Yes. Yeah, always has been, at least since I've lived in Kamloops. But I'm astounded at that number. $350,000 median house price, North Kamloops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But let's talk about that a little bit. And and I'm going to tell you one of the things that I do recall when we got North Kamloops. That is not two or three houses. Yeah, that is the majority of the sales. Yeah. Lots there, of yeah. it were in North Kamloops. Yeah. So that's a good medium price because there's sure. a lot of sales. Yeah. And like, and that's the, that's the investor, that's the flagship right now for Kamloops, I yeah. think, because those prices are so, are so reasonable and comparative to mm-hmm. like Sahali Aberdeen. Um, that's the area that you have the potential to renovate and flip a house. Mm-hmm. Right? And we're going to be listing one here pretty quick that might be a flippable type potential. Yes. Oh, exciting. N- needs work. Um, okay. Bring your toolbox. That's okay. Um, okay. Let's look at uh, Juniper. This one doesn't surprise me one bit. 626.9. Yeah. There's probably been a bunch of sales up there, but I Lots know that new builds the sales are not coming from the older part of the subdivision. Mm-hmm. Mm. They're coming from the new part of the subdivision. Yep. West. Yeah. Yeah. Juniper West, where you're getting $900,000 properties that are um, being sold, a, a lot of new construction stuff in that 620 range, yeah. which is really just a basement entry, big square footage home with a suite. Yeah. Right? Not even on the view side. Right. 
Uh, let's see what else stands out to me here. Um, Bachelor Heights, 529.9. Yeah. Yeah, that's about Lots right. Lots of new yeah. stuff up there too, right? Yeah. You know what I was in? Batch is really standing out as like a real significant, like it's fairly modern subdivision and that price is digestible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know what surprised me is Rayleigh. Look at Rayleigh's. How many sales does that indicate? That was, that was two, wasn't two. it? Yeah, I think it was like three or four. Oh, three or four okay. sales? Three or four. 565 Rayleigh? 565. Yeah, big lots. Big lots, yeah. And there's a yeah. wide range of housing prices out yes. there. Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. there can be a 285, there can be a 650 sitting right next to each other, right? Mm-hmm. So that one's can be that one could be disputed a bit. Uh, Campbell Creek, 564.9. New mm-hmm. homes there. New homes, newer. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, yeah. Plus the uh, the 8800 Dallas Drive, that subdivision, that, which yes, is going in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the new and one that, right on the highway there. That's dragging the number down because down. those are 360, 350, 380. 60, yeah. Yeah. Um, Dufferin 505, that seems low. Yeah. Older yeah. subdivision, but very, very popular subdivision. Yeah. There are some new condo-like places there. Yep. Those that are a few floors up. So they are new, but they're more 300-ish. Right. So... Rayleigh was six. Six houses, oh, okay. Yep. Six so houses in Rayleigh? Wow, that's crazy. Rayleigh is a new hotspot. Who wants to move to Rayleigh? <laughs> hey, let's talk about investments. Yeah, okay. there you go. <laughs> um, of course, we can't leave out uh, Aberdeen, which this number surprises me. Me too. 528. Yeah. I think that number is skewered by just the, the fact that there's been some lower end Aberdeen homes mm. sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Aberdeen also has some, the houses are becoming plus 20-year-old, 30-year-old yeah, homes. Older but they're great yeah. homes and they were amazing right. a long time ago, but now they're getting older. Right. Yeah, for sure. South Kamloops. Downtown. Downtown. 490. Mm. Does that surprise you at all? Well, the, the yeah. value of the houses, like... Um, Pine Street around there are yeah. quite high, right? Yeah. yeah. But I think that's, you know. But that's combined with some apartment. Yeah, I was going to say with the apartments down there. Okay, here's a good one. Um, Sun River, 625. Yeah. I think that sounds reasonable. That's reasonable, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I would say, looking at the rest of this, West Side, 466. That's, that's a shocker. I don't mm-hmm. think you would typically think of high 400s when you think of Westside. I think typically it's a 390, 3, mm-hmm. you know, 99 kind of range. But mm-hmm. obviously some more expensive houses out there are selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pineview 517, that's kind of a shocker. To me, I would expect that to be closer to the 5.5 range. Mm. Um, we need to wait until we have a few more house sales and then we'll redo this. Well, I think at right? the year end is always yeah. the best yeah. you oh, know, for sure. overall. but. It's exciting to see as it progresses. Um, Cherry Creek, Savannah, 464. That's really a hard one to gauge. There's so many wide, such a wide variety it's, of problems yeah. out there. The rent, yeah. Um, we, have... we just did a deal on one for 209. Mm-hmm. And we, I know there's million dollar homes out there that are on acreage and, mm-hmm. you know, horse farms and properties View like that. View of Kamloops Lake and. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Westmount, is that 430? 430? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Uh, South Thompson Valley, 519.9. Uh, 
How about Barnhartville? <laughs> my home. Your hometown. My hometown. No, it's not a town. What is it? It's your home suburb. It's my burb. Yeah, 435. <laughs> and that makes sense. 435. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, there's a kind of a wide variety, variety of houses out there. And there's some new builds going into Barnhartville. Some infill lot um, construction stuff. Yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, Valley View 452. Okay, what about Dallas? Dallas. Dallas, Dallas. 389. Totally not, not indicative of what's going on out there. No. I think, <laughs> I think that's probably one of the ones that had like two sales. Mm-hmm. Because I can't yeah. see Dallas. Yeah. I can't see an average house in Dallas for 389. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen for sale signs out there. There's, a, there's a couple along the river that are not... So, four, four yeah. in the four hundreds. Right, yeah. million and a quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Um, and let's let's talk about Brock at four hundred. That's that's a pretty that's affordable a place to that's, live. Yeah, that's yeah. reasonable. Yep. Big lots. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's the uh, median house price overall for Camus right now? I think it's four sixty-two. Four sixty-two. Four sixty-two. Four sixty-two. I think I. I I was at the meeting yesterday. So. Yeah, last month it was 437. <laughs> Wasn't it 437 last last month? It's gone way up. Yeah. Um, Where's our fact finder? Our fact finder is on the computer as we speak. She's, Go, Emma. <laughs> she's digging right now. You got right this, now. girl. <laughs> of course I got this. Okay. So our average, okay, median. 462, 462. <laughs> four fifty four nine. Four fifty four nine. Four fifty four nine. So was last month four sixty two? So last month. I stand corrected. Was four sixty two five. Four sixty two five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're good. And we're down to four fifty nine? Nine nine. Four fifty nine nine. Four fifty four nine. Four fifty four nine. That's pretty significant. Yeah. Price. yeah. Well, it all depends what type of stuff sold, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, let's let's sum up this podcast by by challenging you to year-end, what's the median house price going to be for Calips in 2018? Ali, you go first. I want as much time to think about oh, this. Oh, okay, okay. For the year-end, uh, we're at 462. I'm going to say 470. 470? I say 484. Okay. Ooh, she's <laughs> challenging <laughs> This kind of feels like the price is so, right. So oh, my gosh, I bid. No. You, you guys are thinking that the, the market's going to get hotter. I think we still have a, some spring and summer stuff to okay, come. I'm going to play. Yeah. I'm going to play the opposite, and I'm going to say 450, even. 450. I'm going to say we close out the year at 450. Okay. Which actually is an increase over last year, so I'm still thinking that we're doing well. Yeah, that's well. true. Yep. I just don't think it's going to be as aggressive as. Um, I don't think it's before. We got to write this down. Well, it's, it's, it's recorded. It's on the I know, podcast. yeah, yeah. Okay, next time, we're going to be talking about multiple offers. If you're uh, looking to buy a house the next little bit, you're probably going to get stuck in a multiple offer if you're looking Sahali, Aberdeen, Brock. Those areas mm-hmm. tend to see lots of multiple offers, so stick with us next week on episode 21. Woo. And I'm going to encourage everybody to do just like this gentleman did and gave you a call. Give us a call and ask us those questions. Tell us why did we say this or that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Feedback's awesome. Yeah. Constructive. Even if it's the same guy, he's the only <laughs> yeah. guy listening to the podcast. <laughs> Call us back, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Bye.